You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. So, all right, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Um, I believe the Lord laid this on my hearts, and, and in light of everything going on today, it's, it's a, a great book in the Bible written by the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul during this time, his situation really wasn't looking too good. He was chained to a Roman guard in prison, but he said this for you and I. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, we'll start. The Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Generally, Father, Lord, I love you so much. I thank you so much for this day. Uh, you're my best friend, Lord, my Savior, my King, my everything, Lord. I thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for saving my soul. And thank you for the peace that you've given all of us, Lord, and um, the fact that we can obtain that peace in the midst of this fallen world today. Lord, I ask that you speak through me, help me hide behind the cross of Christ, and take away every ounce of selfishness, Lord, every ounce of me in this message whatsoever, and help me preach, thus saith the Lord. Uh, and move in a mighty way. If there's anybody in here who's not saved, I pray that you work on their hearts, Lord. I love you so much. I praise your name, and we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the Apostle Paul said in my text verse, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And now peace is something that we all long to have. We long to have the peace of God. The world wants peace, right? You ask many different people what their number one desire is, and they'll say, world peace. You'll ask a mom that's um, going through a lot of stress, you'll ask her what she wants, and she'll say, peace and quiet, right? Every single person in this world wants peace. We long to have the peace of God, and we search for that peace, right? Many different times we search for that peace, but a lot of problems and a lot of times we look in the wrong place. Uh, the, the world, they look for uh, material possessions and, and government and things like that to try to have peace. You and I, we try to look for uh, peace and quiet, maybe a getaway, maybe go on, uh, going on vacation to try to have some peace. But the problem is we're looking in the wrong place. It's kind of like me with my wallet or my keys. I, I have a habit of losing those things a lot, right? I lose my wallet all the time. Chances are I probably, actually, I meant to have it up here today and I lost it. I don't really have it with me. <laughs> Um, I forgot it, but um, I lose that stuff a lot, and I'll look everywhere for my wallets. I'll look through the car, through my house. I'll turn my house upside down, and like the idiot that I am, I'll end up finding it in my back pocket of my jeans or something like that, and it's right there all along. You see, the problem was I had that piece. I was able to obtain that piece. I was able to obtain that wallet, but I was looking in the wrong place, and us as Christians, we tend to look in the wrong place, but what we find out is you and I can have peace no matter the situation or the circumstance. No matter what happens around us, we can have the peace of God. And that's what the Apostle Paul points to. You see, the Apostle Paul, his situation was not very good at all. He's chained to a Roman guard night and day. His circumstances weren't looking good at all. He had a thorn in the flesh, and he was about to be martyred. But the Bible said that he had peace. He tells us right there, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He's saying no matter what goes on around us, no matter how bad the world gets, no matter how much trials and suffering that you're going through, you can have the peace of God which passeth all understanding. Where people look at you and they're like, man, how does this dude have peace right now? It's because it's a peace of God. You see, he tells us that we can obtain that peace. And we're going to look at that today, how you and I as Christians can obtain the very peace of God in our life today. 
And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul breaks down the pathway to peace, how you and I can have peace. And he makes a couple points there that points us to the pathway of obtaining peace in our life. Number one, look at the definition of peace there. The Bible says, in the peace of God. Now, our word peace in the English dictionary, it's kind of watered down uh, compared to what this is referring to in Philippians chapter 4. We have a very watered down version for peace. Peace for us is just everything's all good, you know, everything's good, fine and dandy, that's kind of about it. Absence of hostility, you know, something along those lines. But it's a much richer meaning in the book of Philippians. And in the uh, Philippians chapter 4, the word peace here is actually closely related to the Old Testament word shalom. You've heard shalom before, you might have said it um, from time to time, but uh, shalom is the word closely related there. Now the Hebrew word shalom has a much richer meaning than we do. And this word, shalom, is used over 200 times in the Old Testament. And shalom is the condition of everything being set right. It's a lot greater and a lot bigger than our definition for peace today. It's about fulfillment, completion, maturity, soundness, wholeness, harmony, tranquility, security, well-being, welfare, friendship, agreement, success, and prosperity. And it's one of the deepest longings of the human heart. Every single person, if they had to make a list of what they wanted, that's right there in the shalom definition of peace. And we all long to have those things. And we search and search and search. The world searches and searches, but they're looking in the wrong place. And you see, for you and I, we get to obtain that peace. You and I get to experience the very shalom of God. The very peace of God that fulfills our desires, no matter the situation or the circumstance. So that's the definition of peace there. But notice, secondly, the description. You see, it says, and the peace of God. It's not just the shalom, but it's the shalom of God. This is a descriptive statement about God himself. Think about this. Now, I can't even begin to get you guys to understand and for me to understand how important this is. This is literally referring to the very peace that God has. It's not just shalom, but we get to experience the shalom of Almighty God. You see, the peace of God is the awesome well-being, the glorious serenity, the inexpressible wholeness, and the inner tranquility that characterize the infinite being of God himself. The peace of God is what he had, and we can experience it as well. Since God is omnipotent, his peace is an all-powerful peace. Since God is eternal, his peace is without beginning or end. Since God is infinite, his peace is limitless. And since God is holy, his peace is pure. From everlasting to everlasting, this peace has marked and permeated the very being of God. You see, you and I get to experience not just shalom, but the shalom of God. The very eternal, omnipotent peace that our God, our creator has. That's an amazing thing. We get to experience the peace of God. Notice thirdly, though, the direction in Philippians 4, 7. We got the definition, the description, but notice the direction there. We see the pathway to peace. It says... And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, the way to obtain peace is from Jesus Christ and him alone. It comes through Christ. You see, he is the only way to have true peace in your life. The only way to experience it, because it's the peace of God, right? But God cannot give us peace apart from himself, because it's not there. There's no such thing. True peace in life can only come through an unchanging unmovable object that is Jesus Christ. 
And that's why we can have that peace no matter the situation or circumstance because it's, it's God and he does not change, right? He's unchangeable, so we have that unchangeable peace in our hearts and in our life. And the Bible goes on to say in John chapter 16 and many different times, Jesus said, hey, I've got this peace and you can have this peace. So many different times he tells his disciples, man, I'm going to give you my peace. John 16, says, these things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He's saying, I can have that peace, and you can have that peace as well if you're living through me, if you are abiding in Jesus Christ. The pathway to peace is Jesus Christ. And what we find out here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, is that this peace comes from a strong personal relationship with him. Now, it's not referring to just being saved, right? When you get saved, you have peace with God. You're justified, you're saved, and you're no longer condemned, right? For the wages of sin is death, it's separation, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You get saved, you're at peace with God. But this is referring to peace of God. This has to do with a constant trust in the Lord, abiding in Jesus Christ. That strong personal relationship where you say, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. It's coming to the point where you say, Lord, I can't live this life apart from myself. I can't obtain this joy. I can't obtain this peace. The only way I can get that is if I'm letting you live through me. All things through Christ. It comes from that relationship with Jesus Christ, and it boils down to having the mind of Christ. So many different times you see that in the scriptures, transformed by the renewing of your minds. Romans 12, 2. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, we find out throughout the scriptures the way to have peace, the way to have the peace of God, is focusing on Jesus Christ. So many different times the Bible talks about that. Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded, for to be worldly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Spiritually minded, putting our focus on Jesus Christ, looking to him. Uh, my favorite verse, Isaiah 26, 3, this is one of my favorites by far. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. It's putting your focus on Jesus Christ and, and putting your perspective on him. Having the mind of Jesus Christ, thinking about who he is, what he does, and what he's done in your life. That's the way to have the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. You know, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If we look unto Jesus, if we have the mind of Christ, we can have peace. Corey Tenboom said this. I like what she said. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. You want the peace of God? You look to Jesus Christ in all things. And that's the pathway to peace there. It's looking to Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And the key thing about that is having the right perspective, right? The right perspective on life. Not thinking the way we think, not being carnally minded, but being spiritually minded. Focusing on Jesus Christ. So for a few moments, we're going to look at the perspective for peace today and how you, cannot, you and I can have that peace no matter the storm, no matter the trial, or no matter what comes our way, just like the Apostle Paul. And it all boils down to looking to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at five truths that spell the word peace. P-E-A-C-E, -E, five words that spell the word peace. And if we look at those five things, you and I can have peace no matter what comes our way. All right, number one, the P to peace. Number one, purpose. You want peace? You got to have purpose. Did you know that your life has purpose? 
If you're saved by the grace of God, if you're born again, your life has purpose. And knowing that your life has purpose brings peace in our life. For born-again believers, our life has purpose. Our life has meaning. And that's something that this world does not have, right? So many times the reason why people are committing suicide at a record weight is because they feel like their life doesn't have meaning. Their life doesn't have purpose. There's so many times I, my buddies, my friends who went to college, they, they, they got a degree and then they feel like they, there's no meaning left. They're depressed, they're down, but praise God for you and I, no matter what happens, our life has purpose. The Bible points to that fact. Ephesians 1.11 says this, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. That word predestinated and purpose there literally means the moment you got saved, the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, God had a perfect plan for your life. A perfect plan to be conformed to the image of his son, to be like Jesus Christ, to be conformed to him, bring glory to God, and experience peace. His purpose for your life is for you to be best friends with Jesus Christ. Hey, our life has purpose. God loves you with an everlasting love. And did you know something? God thinks you're pretty awesome. Did you know that God Almighty thinks you guys are awesome? We see that throughout the scriptures as well. Our life has purpose. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God hath before ordained the purpose there. And it says, you are his workmanship. That word workmanship in the Greek is poimia or poima. It literally means masterpiece. It's where we get our word poem from. You are his poem. Literally, a beautiful poem, a beautiful story. That's what the Bible says your life is. Your life has purpose. You're a beautiful poem. You're a masterpiece. God loves you with that everlasting love. You want to know something? When, when Jesus Christ looks at you, Richard, you want to know what he does? He goes, Mwah. magnifico, right? You're his masterpiece. He loves you with that everlasting love. And that can bring us purpose. And what we find out is our purpose in life is to be like Jesus Christ, to bring glory to God, to be conformed to the image of his son, to be changed into his image. And all that comes from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And once we do that, we realize some things about Jesus and his love for us. We realize, number one, that Jesus loves you. Man, Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. But not only that, not only does he love you so much that he died on the cross for you, but he loves you so much that he is with you wherever you go. He's in your heart and in your life. He's with you 24-7. You couldn't get him away even if you tried. Man, he loves you that much. Man, I love Connor and Evan. I love them to death. They're the greatest kids in the world. But you couldn't pay me a million dollars to be with them for 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Not at all. After about seven hours, I'm just like, go back to your parents' house. You're driving me crazy, right? I love them very much, but Jesus loves them so much that they're, he's with them wherever they go. Even though they're annoying at times and, and awful, Jesus doesn't think so. He loves them with an everlasting love. He loves them. Man, his life has purpose. Our life has purpose. Jesus loves you. Amen. We find that out. Not only that, though, <laughs> we also find out that Jesus listens to you as well. Did you know Jesus Christ listens to you? Psalm 65, 2, the Bible says, Oh, thou that hearest prayer. And what we find out is Jesus listens to you about everything when you talk to him. 1 Peter 3, 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayer. You see, Jesus Christ cares about you. He wants to hear about your day. He is interested 
and you. Literally, Jesus Christ, he's sitting there like this. He just wants to take you in. He wants to hear about your day. He's invested in you. He loves you with that everlasting love. And you can talk to him about everything. The Bible says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Bring everything to God in prayer. We get to do that to Almighty God. What an amazing truth that is. And man, have you ever, have you ever been talking to somebody, your friend or your spouse, and you've been really passionate about something? Man, just really passionate. For me, it's, it's baseball cards. Man, I love to talk baseball cards with, with people, but have you ever been excited and talked to somebody about that and they don't really seem interested at all? They, they just kind of shrug it off. They're not even listening. When Hannah talks about Hobby Lobby, I feel like that. I just, it just goes one ear out the other. I just, it, doesn't, it doesn't resonate, right? Um, but you want to know something? That never happens with God. It never happens whatsoever. God, man, he cares about you. He wants to hear your likes. He wants to hear your dislikes. When you're having a bad day, the Bible says that he's burdened for you. He weeps with you. He loves you with that everlasting love. There's going to be times where the kids feel like they're going through a dark time, going through a tough time, and maybe they'll talk to their parents, and their parents might say, oh, that's not that big of a deal. Get over it. Life's hard. You want to know what Jesus Christ says? Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Talk to me. I want to bear your burden. You see, Jesus listens to you. And you soon find out he answers prayer. God Almighty answers prayer. Amen. Jesus listens to you. He loves you. And not only that, but number three, we find out that Jesus Christ leads you. God has a perfect plan for your life. Psalm 1611, that will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hands there are pleasures forevermore pleasures forevermore psalm 32 verse 8 says i will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go i will guide thee with mine eye you want to know something god almighty has a perfect plan for your life your life has purpose and meaning i like what someone once said he said the greatest tragedy in life is not a death but a life without purpose that's the biggest tragedy you don't have to worry about that if you're saved God Almighty has a perfect plan for your life. He knows exactly what you need to succeed. Man, God Almighty, I praise God for this. God Almighty knew that I needed my wife, Hannah Haley, and God had a plan for us to be together. We see that truth out of the October 5th thing, the birthday and the salvation thing. Not really, but still, God Almighty knew that. God had a plan for me, and praise God, I get to experience that. Man, he does exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He knows what you need in this world today, and he knows exactly what you need no matter what. Just remember, God's got a plan. God has a plan for you. Before the foundations of the world, he predestinated you to walk in those ways. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will walk beside you. We've got, we can rejoice that God has a plan. Amen? And now, understand this. The reason why you can have peace in the middle of your purpose is because when those trials come, when those tribulations come, when those suffering comes in your life, you're dealing with a storm, you can know that God has a plan through it all. You can know that God has a plan no matter what. But understand this now. There are going to be times when those trials come, those storms hit, and it's going to get you to maybe lose some focus on your purpose of God. Lose focus on the perspective of the plan that God has in store for you, the calling that God has for your life. You're going to, going to go through those storms, and those storms might cause you to lose your peace when you forget the purpose. But remember, in all of this, God has a plan. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those that are the called according to his purpose. Your life has purpose. You're going through a bad situation, a bad time. God's providence will help you get through that situation. But the key is we got to remain committed. We got to have 
the right perspective. When those trials come, don't forget, focus on Jesus Christ and his purpose for your life. I'm reminded of a story of Hank Aaron and Yogi Berra. Uh, Yogi Berra, man, he was a great catcher back in the olden days, and um, he was known for talking a lot of smack behind home plate. That's just what you did in the olden days. You, uh, when the batter came up, you tried to get under their skin, get in their mind a little bit, get in their head so, so they mess up when the, when the pitch comes. And he, he was known for that. He was very good at that. But um, one time, Hank Aaron came up to bat, and Yogi did what he did best. And he's like, Hank, how's it going, Hank? Hey, Hank, talk to me, buddy. How's it going? Man, pay attention to me. And just getting under his skin a little bit. And then, then he goes, Hank, man, you got your bat all wrong. The, wor the words are on the wrong side. You can't even read what your bat says. Look what, your look what those words say, Hank. Look what those words say. Just trying to get under his skin, get him to look at the bat and lose focus. And the entire time, Hank Aaron just stood there and looked at the pitcher, you know, pitching, um, and um, didn't give Yogi the time of day. And then finally, the pitch came, and he hit a bomb to center field. Home run over the fence. And Hank Aaron rounded the bases, and as he rounded the bases, he touched home plate, made his way to the dugout, and he looked over back at Yogi, and he goes, I didn't come here to read. And he went back to the dugout. And I say, there's going to be some times in your life where the world, flesh, and the devil is going to try to distract you through storms, through tribulations, through afflictions, to get you to lose your focus on Almighty God. There's going to be some storms in your life, and Satan's going to come and try to get you to lose that focus, try to get you to lose the commitment that God has in store for you. But the key is, in the middle of all those distractions, to remember, remain committed. Remember God's calling on your life. Remember that you are a soldier for the cross of Jesus Christ. And you need to keep on trucking. You need to keep on moving. And you need to do the will of God. Amen. Stay committed to the place that God has in store for you. You see, remain committed and not give up. Like the Apostle Paul, praise God, if you say that and you work on this path and you go through with the purpose, you can say, hey, I will press, I, I will press toward the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You can say, hey, I'm not going to give up because I'm running towards the prize. I'm running towards the crown. I'm going to fulfill the purpose that God has in store for me. When trials come, when storms hit, you can know that God has a plan and the victory is worth it all. Amen. And praise God, one day if you work on that purpose, you follow the Lord and you stay committed throughout the life, no matter the trials, no matter the storms, you like the apostle Paul can say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness and glory. Man, praise God, I pray that I can have that one day. I pray that I can stay committed no matter what comes my way, and I can fight the good fight, and I can get my crown, and praise God, I'm going to take that crown, and I'm going to cast it at my Savior's feet, because he's the only reason why I'm standing here today. You see, the peace of God, our purpose comes through Christ. The key is having the right perspective. So the P to peace is purpose. Number two, the E to peace, it's entreaty. Entreaty means intercession, mediator, mediation. Did you know <laughs> right now Jesus Christ is praying for you? Did you know that? Jesus Christ is praying for you. He, he is. You're on his prayer list right now. You are on Jesus Christ's prayer list. You see, we see Jesus Christ prayed for people, right? In the New Testament, we see that he prayed for his disciples. In John 17, 9, the Bible says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. He's praying for his disciples. Now you can say, Michael, that, that's the disciples. That's not you whatsoever. But 11 verses later, he says the same thing about us. John 17, 20, he says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me 
through their word. He's saying for you, for, for individuals who get saved by the grace of God, who put their trust in Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray for them, amen. Jesus Christ prays for you. And we see that truth throughout the scriptures. Jesus is our heavenly pleader. He's praying for us. Romans 8.34 says, Who is he that contemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Intercession means prayer to one party to another. Jesus Christ is your intercessor. Jesus Christ is praying for you. Hebrews 9.24 says, For Christ is into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Jesus Christ is praying for you. And that can give you peace, amen? But understand this now, all right? He doesn't just pray for us a little. No, that's not how God works. He doesn't just pray for us a little whatsoever. No, the Bible says that he lives to pray for us. Hebrews 7, 25, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you. He ever lives to pray for you. That can give us peace knowing that Jesus Christ is praying for me. Think about this now. We have, at this present moment, an advocate actually remembering us in his thoughts and presenting us to his Father. Without any faintness in the degree of intercession, without any interruption of time, he never ceases to pray for us. What an amazing truth that is. And man, there is nothing that encourages my heart more than to come to church and have somebody come up to me and say, man, brother, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you in the ministry. I'm praying for you and your wife. I mean, it, it thrills my soul. It gets me excited, man. That gives me peace. But how much more should I be excited to know that Jesus Christ is praying on our behalf? He's praying for me. And now he doesn't just pray for us in a broad sense. He doesn't just say, Lord, help the saved folk today. Oh, help Elk Point Baptist Church. And he just goes state by state. No, that's not how it works at all. No, he prays for us individually and personally. You see, that's what makes him God. That's what makes him Almighty God. You see, think about this now. Each person that has been saved has a personal relationship with him, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Therefore, he knows us by name, thoughts, and how many hairs upon our head, our likes and dislikes, and what makes us happy, and the things that make us sad. That's what we have with Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.15 that he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He sympathizes for us. He loves us. He weeps for us. He cares for us. And that can bring me peace knowing that Jesus Christ is on my side. Did you know Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is rooting for you? He is rooting for you guys every step of the way. That can give me peace knowing that. Man, he is in your corner. He wants you to succeed. Man, if he had a foam finger, it would say your name on it. He wants you to do good. He wants you to win. And because of that, I can know that Jesus knows exactly what I need. He knows what is needed, when it is needed, how it is needed, and how to the extent in which it is needed in our lives. He prays for our encouragements, our needs to be met, and even our protection from the enemies. I like what Robert Murray McShyan said. He said this, If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. See, Jesus Christ is praying for you. He's entreating for you, and that can bring you peace. The purpose, entreaty. And then finally, the A of peace. Not finally. I, sorry, I, I got carried away there. The A of peace. Number three. All right, access. Access to God. That can bring us peace. You see, not only does Jesus Christ pray for us, but, and this is, this is kindergarten stuff, we get to pray for us as well. 
I get to pray to Almighty God. I have access to the throne room. I'm a child of the king, so I can talk with him and spend time with Almighty God. I get to communicate with God. You see, the moment we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we were given the privilege of entering God's holy presence. Jesus, with full authority as God's Son, now escorts us into the kingdom throne room. He escorts us to Almighty God because I'm a child of God, amen. I'm a servant, yes, but I'm a child. So I get to go to my Heavenly Father and I get to talk to Him, amen. We see that throughout the scriptures, the access that we have to God. Ephesians 3.12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in Him. Because of that, Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, we get to talk and commune with Almighty God. He wants to hear from you. Hey, I get to talk to my best friend 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I get to talk to my Heavenly Father when things are going bad, when I'm going through a storm, when I'm going through a trial, and nobody seems to care about me. Oh, praise God, my God does. Praise God, I can talk to Him. I have access to Almighty God, and that brings me peace. And I get to bring everything to God in prayer. You see, and the coolest part about this is there's power in prayer. Did you know that there's power in prayer? The same God that moved mountains, the same God that created miracles is the same God that works in your heart and your life. And if you pray to Almighty God, you'll see God move in a mighty way. You see, the God who existed before existence, the God who created all out of nothing, the God who saved my soul, supplies my needs, and steers my steps, is on the throne this morning, and I have access to him. You see, that brings me peace in my life, knowing the access of God. And what we find out is throughout the scriptures is prayer brings peace, right? The Bible says in verse 6 of Philippians chapter 4, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. He's saying, bring everything to God in prayer. You want, to br you, you want peace? Bring everything to God in prayer. Everything in your life, talk to God. Pray without ceasing. The Bible says we ought always to pray and not to faint. And the Bible says if you do that, verse 7, in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, if you are lacking peace, it's not God's fault. No, it's not God's fault whatsoever. The problem most of us have is not lack of access to God, but a failure to use that access. You've got access to the throne room. If you're lacking peace, it falls on you. we got to pray to Almighty God. So that's the E, the A of peace. Now, number C, number C, uh, the C to peace, comforts, comforts. You want to know something? <laughs> yeah. When I'm going through a trial, man, I have the God of all comfort in my life. The God of all comfort is in my hearts and my life. That's what the Bible says. I'm not making this stuff up. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comforts. The God of all comforts is on our side, and that can bring me peace. And what we find out is this is all about having the perspective of Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, and we find out here, Jesus not only prays for us, Jesus not only has a plan for us, but we see that Jesus Christ is our comfort as well. Man, John 14, 18, the Bible says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Jesus Christ is in our hearts, and he comforts us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 16 and 17, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says this, Our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, which hath loved us, comfort your hearts. Jesus Christ that loves us will comfort our hearts. You see, throughout the Bible, the Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. There is never a day when we are alone or forsaken. God is always with us. And knowing that brings comfort to me. 
There might be times in your life where you're going through a trial and you feel like nobody cares. Nobody understands. I'm telling you right now, God's right there. God's by your side. He cares for you. He wants you to cast your burdens onto him, and he will comfort you in that time. There might be times where you feel like he's not there, but I can assure you he always is. He never leaves you nor forsakes you, and that brings me comfort. That brings me peace. Man, I love my wife so much, and um, she comforts me a lot. If I got anxiety, she brings me down. If I'm stressed out, she calms me. And even in the middle of the night, I, 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 I'm comforted by her by my side. I can't tell you how many times I'll be sleeping and uh, I'll wake up and I don't feel her. And I'm like, where, where's she at? Where's she at? And then I'm like trying to touch her a little bit, you know, just to, just to be able to touch her so I can fall back asleep. And, and then when I touch her, I kind of fall back asleep and I'm just comforted a little bit. Am I the only one who does that? I don't know. I like to touch my wife and um, in a good way. Well, both ways, I guess. Um, well, praise the Lord. All right. That brings me comfort, though. All right. It gives me comfort to know that Jesus Christ is with us in our life. You see, we can be comforted knowing that Jesus is our comfort. He comforts us because he's our comfort. All right. But not only that, Jesus is also our strength. He's our strength. That word comfort is a compound word, which means come forth. Come forth. He is our force. And it literally means with strength. With strength. Jesus Christ is our strength. When we're going through life, we're going through trials, we're going through storms, we aren't strong enough to get through. We aren't strong enough to win this battle. But when we are comforted by God, we've got his strength to bring us through. We've got his strength in this life. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. He's our strength in life. I like what someone once said. He said this, peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but is rather the confidence that he is with you always. You going through a tough time right now? Are you going through a storm? Jesus is always with you, and that can comfort you and bring you through. Know that he's got a plan. Know that he's praying for you, and know that you can pray to God about that situation. So that's the, uh, the C of peace. And then finally, number E, and I'm done, the, the second E of peace. E, expectation. Expectation. You see, because of purpose, because I know that, that God works all things together for his good, according to the purpose of him, because God has a plan for my life, because I know that God's going to bring me through in treaty, because I know that Jesus Christ is praying for me, he's on my side, he's rooting for me, He's praying for me on a daily basis and wants me to succeed. He's intercessing for me because of access, because I know that I could talk to God and I could bring everything to God in prayer. And because of C, because I know that Jesus Christ is in my heart, in my life, with me wherever I go. He's my strength, my comfort, my fortress, my rock. Because of those things, I can sit back and expect great things from God. I know the promises of God. I'm communicating with him. I have a strong personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I know that God's word says this. God's word says this. And I can say, God's going to bring me through this. Amen? Because every single promise in this book is true. And we have the almighty of promises of God on our side in his word. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. You see, all of the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ. Every single one. And we've got the promises of God on our side. Uh, there's a great missionary, William Carey, one of the first missionaries um, in the, the, the New World. He was going through a tough time, tough situation, trials. Things weren't looking good at all. During this time, he was in prison. And want to know what he said? 
in the midst of this circumstance, in the midst of this storm, he said, the future is as bright as the promises of God. You see, even in the midst of storms, you can say, hey, I got the promises of God on my side. Even though things don't look good whatsoever, God's word says this. And, and God never lies. God's word is true. So I can sit back, rejoice, and expect God to move in the mighty way. You see, there are thousands of promises that Almighty God has given to us. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through his love. He is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. We've got the victory in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? We've got the promises of God on our side. I can expect great things from him. Uh, one theologian said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. You can expect God to move in a mighty way. So therefore, let's attempt it, man. Man, let's work for the Lord. Let's be a soldier of the cross and let's have peace. If we have the promises of God and we do, there is nothing to fear. Even if we cannot see how the answer could possibly come, he is not limited by our resources or lack of them. The most overwhelming problem you will ever face does not tax his abilities or power in any single way. Man, expect great things from God. Are you going through a trial right now? Expect great things from God. Are you going through a difficult time, a storm in your life that nobody seems to understand? Expect great things from God. Are you going through an affliction that you just can't seem to overwhelm? You're being overwhelmed by this. Maybe you have a wayward son or you're struggling financially. I'm here to tell you, expect great things from God. And you can say, Michael, I know that. I know that I'm supposed to believe the promises of God, but, but you don't know how far I've gone. I am this close to giving up. I'm this close to quitting. I'm about to throw in the towel and walk away and never step foot in church again. I'm here to tell you today, expect great things from God. Don't give up. God is rooting for you, and God Almighty is on your side as we all stand.